Thursday, June 6, 2019, and you're listening to Last Time on Video Games, a show about retro video games and sometimes some other stuff. You're listening to episode 260, You Solved My Podcast Puzzle. Runtime for this episode is 55 minutes. Welcome to Last Time on Video Games, the podcast that challenges Puzzle Me This, Batman. My name is Jeremy. I've got some pills over here. I'm Tyler. I have solved this block puzzle. My name is Zach. Oh, but what? How come he did the Taz joke? Well, you know. He hasn't even watched watched it with his ear holes. I do make that joke a lot because I am his DM. Oh, okay. And it's a very good joke. That's right. It is a really good joke. So what now? Uh, you solved my goblin puzzle. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. That's what he's. Ta- that's what he's talking about. All right, I got you. You know, the puzzle was three goblins, and the solution was swords. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He did that like two episodes later too, and they're like, "Did we solve your puzzle?" It's like, "Yes, you solved my bandit puzzle with murder." <laughs> we managed to solve a wolf puzzle with growling. No, with uh, carrying mostly. Was it like an actual puzzle or? I am teamed up with, unfortunately, in that in that group a. Character who kills literally everything he runs into. How are you alive, then? I am... He hasn't run into me. <laughs> you stand <laughs> behind him? He's run adjacent. <laughs> yes, I'm adjacent to him. They run parallel, so... That's fair. The 20s, I'll meet. Uh, we played Tetris and Dr. Mario this week, so we're going to stall a long time, because I... Sh- like I said last week, uh, sure is Tetris, that Tetris game, huh? You can do a Tetris, you can do a T-spin. <laughs> it's uh, probably going to be a short episode, guys. I'm sorry. I did not think this through. So what have you been playing, Zach? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. We came prepared. So I know a couple weeks back, I said that I was not going to buy Super Dragon Ball Heroes World Mission for 60 bucks. Yep. So I've been playing Super Dragon Ball Heroes World Mission. For which you bought for fifty nine ninety nine. Which I bought for fifty nine ninety nine. <laughs> I I would not recommend buying this game. It is terrible. I'm enjoying it. But I think it's terrible. So that's fair. I mean, I played games that I can't honestly recommend to people. That happens. The way it works is you pick, you know, your team. You have seven character cards that you can play. I always include my personal character in there because you make a character and then you basically get a selection of cards that you can use to quick time event at people. Yeah, cards, you know, like characters that exist in the show like Goku and characters that could have existed like, say, Super Saiyan 4 Gohan and then characters like Majin, Kid Buu, Super Saiyan 4 Charles. And you're like, (laughs) oh, yeah, he is what one guy who's in that panel on the (laughs) Super Saiyan 4 Charles. Um, One of my so far, like I set up a bunch of teams. I've been messing with them and getting like more and less. uh camaraderie which lets you unlock certain things and make cards i think more powerful or make your character more powerful um based on using them more often so like i made a team at one point for pure giggles that was entirely super saiyan 4 and then my character so it was like super saiyan 4 me super saiyan 4 gohan 
Super Saiyan 4 Goku and Vegeta. I have played with Super Saiyan 4 Gohan. I didn't realize it was an actual thing, and it's just a picture of... Only in Super Dragon Ball Heroes is it a, is it a thing. It's just grumpy Super Saiyan 4 Gohan taking off his glasses and closing his book because now he has to kick your ass I was before he goes back to reading poetry. I was a little <laughs> sad when it came up that there is no like Super Saiyan 3 Kefla or Super Saiyan 3 Kale or Caulifla because they are included in the game, but like there's Super Saiyan 3... Uh, Gogeta, Super Saiyan 3 Vegito, things that never happened. So, like I said, Super Saiyan 4 Broly. Super Saiyan 4 Pan? No. Pan doesn't get to have fun, Kyler. Don't be stupid. <laughs> yeah, what, what's wrong with you? Pan never gets to do anything I fun. Know. Well, there's a B outfit Pan in. <laughs> Honeybee Pan. She's getting yeah. an LR this year. Uh, they're upgrading that because she had Awakening last year, and then this year that goes to an Awakening. So. But that's a Dokkan battle. The story is kind of bonkers because, of course, it is. It does have that sweet super, uh, like, Saiyaman 3, who is, I'm pretty sure, what if Future Trunks was the great Saiyaman? I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's what his deal is. I am at the point in the story where who that character is has been revealed. Do you want me to spoil that for you? Yeah, I don't give a crap. That's Trunks. <laughs> yeah. What? He's, he's got like a super military version of the uh, Great Saiyaman outfit. It looks ve- even more common Rider than that already does. <laughs> and a sword. Yeah, like, and he does the attack he does against Frieza, you know, the multi-slash and then the, the energy blast at point blank, like the fir- one of the first times you see him. And I'm like, that's probably Xenotrunks because why wouldn't it be? And then it's like, oh no, it. oh my God, it's it's Trunks. And I'm like... Really? Remember, these characters aren't you. Yeah, well, Xeno Trunks is exactly the sort of terrible cop that would find himself somehow being Great Saiyaman Three. So the the <laughs> like the world that your characters exist in is like obsessed with Dragon Ball. So that's why this card game is so big is because everyone is obsessed with Dragon Ball. So it's like a world. It's like Pokemon. Yeah, but... so it's like a Pokemon world, except everyone's obsessed with Pokemon, the trading card. It's like the Pokemon, the trading card game game. But no, in, in, in this world, Dragon Ball isn't real. Yeah, no, exactly. It's like Pokemon, the trading card game game. Yeah. But then, and, like, isn't there a guy who's super into Frieza and has a Frieza deck and he's like a social pariah because he likes Frieza? He's not a social pariah. <laughs> But he does have a Frieza deck, and he is really big into Frieza. So, like, all of your allies have different deck themes. Like, I just actually did get an Android ally. But, so, like, his is Frieza. The first character you get is a female Saiyan who uses all Saiyan cards. There's a Majin uh, dude who uses all Majin Buu Saga cards. So he has like Gotenks and a bunch of different Majin Buus. And I think Deborah and Bobby are in there. Not Majin Baby Janemba. <laughs> Another thing that's real. He might later <laughs> in there. But like they all have, I think, five decks. But you have to unlock them by like having those characters with you when you're, you know, doing specific story things or just, you know, completing story missions because they gain experience. Like you do. I've gotten to Super Saiyan 3 so far. So like if it, if I get to round 3, I can turn my character into Super Saiyan 3. Because you, if you gather the Dragon Balls, you get to make a wish. And at least with the Saiyans, you can unlock that transformation. I hope you can wish to be a Super Saiyan even if you're like a human. <laughs> uh, you can't, if I remember right, you can't be a human in uh, that. Of course not. They suck. Like the, I think it was it's six or seven races. There's male Saiyan, android, Namekian... Um, Frieza clan, Majin, God, or Kami, which is the same God. thing. Demon and um, uh, female Saiyan. Well, it's like, it's Kai. 
It's like the Supreme Oh, like Kai. the Kais. I was going to say, because Namekians have traditionally been Kamis, so, which are different than Kais. Well, okay, so, and part of the plot is, like, your characters are going into the digital version of the Dragon Ball universe, but they're not really going into the digital version, they're going into the real version. So it's like uh, the Pokemon trading card game game, if it was also Digimon. Yes. <laughs> and uh, it's basically also got a little bit of the Xenoverse plot in there, and there's a guy running amok dicking with things oh you know what this is this is just Mega Man Battle Network yeah exactly (laughs) isn't there a supreme wally of time on wally Uh, I have that card I wonder if she crops up later but yes there there is the supreme wally of time non-lolly version what okay so have you not seen the supreme kai of time um, I think I have. She's from Xenoverse, right? Yes. She's not actually that small, but she's definitely shorter than everybody else. So. Yeah. I don't think I made the Supreme Lolly of Time joke up. I think I got that from somewhere. I, d- but I, I haven't don't heard know it where. yet. So, like, it's, it is a fun game. There are a lot of, like, interactions where I could definitely see it being a lot more fun on, like, a touch table where this is actually intended to have, like, actual cards because they have, like, the initial, the, the thing of what you're supposed to do, like, move the card back and forth or move the card to certain locations on the screen in order to perform actions, whereas playing it on the Switch like I am, it is literally just move the joystick, which makes me a little bit concerned that using the joystick in the, like, the charge-up things and stuff that they want, I might be damaging my joystick. This is what comes up when I search for Supreme Lolly of Time. Yeah, that's right. The Literally, the next image result is not safe for life, so I'm gonna... <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna tap out now? Yep. So, I mean, it's fine. It's fun. I would not pay 60 bucks for this game. I did pay 60 bucks for this game. You cannot condone that for anyone I else? I would not say anybody else should do this. I'm not saying avoid the game, but I would not pay more than $20 for it. If I'm entirely honest, I don't think anybody else should. So did anyone else get that weird email from Nintendo today that's like, hey, yes. pay us $100 and you can have two Switch games. Which I didn't look at that e- at the email I got from it them. It was really weird. Yes, it was. I'm like, I can't imagine who this is for because I just bought all the Switch games. I don't want any more. I can't imagine the frugal consumer who can spend $50 on a game, but not 60 but can spy two at once. <laughs> I, I mean, mean, the two that I want aren't out yet, although I did discover that the third week in July is going to be expensive for me. Yeah, you were mentioning that. Well, it's, I found out specifically today that both Fire Emblem Three Houses and Kill a Kill If, not only do they drop the same month, they drop the same day. So what is the Kill a Kill game? Is it a fighting game? It is an Arxis fighting game. <sighs> I just saw the joy in Tyler's face. <laughs> yes, see, that is why I am like, I saw this and like, I need oh, this in my life. Have you not seen the trailer yet? No. Where is like, uh, yeah, even, don't worry if you're not good at fighting games, but like Kill a Kill, there's an auto combo mode. And even if you just like playing with yourself, there's story mode. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, Kill a Kill is amazing. I love Killer Kill, so I'm really looking forward to that. I haven't, unfortunately, been able to play it because it's not out yet. Uh, I've just been playing a lot of that Super Dragon Ball here. It, like I said, it is weirdly compelling to me because I think I like those kind of like alternate reality things. I really do like the Xeno Goku design. Yeah, it's a super As, good design. Especially like the Xeno, the Super Saiyan 4 Goku Xeno is really cool. I have no idea what this looks like. So he's, like go. he's got black pants and a power pole, basically, but okay. it's a good design. Oh, yeah, man, that's good. That's good. It's basically taking the stupid monkey suit and then making it actual clothes. He looks like he belongs in Naruto. Yeah, I was going to say, he looks like a bit like he's the Hokage, but that's yeah. not a bad thing. No, it's I not. I don't mind Vegeta's, but it's basically just Vegeta's standard gear with, like, instead of blue, it's black. 
like I said, it's fun. It's fine. I wouldn't pay sixty dollars. I I wouldn't <laughs> recommend you pay sixty dollars for it. But if you really and honestly, if you're not a really big fan of Dragon Ball, I also probably wouldn't recommend. It's got graphics that look about ten years old because it's based on a ten year old arcade game. And by based on, I basically mean ported from. And the gameplay isn't great. There's a lot of what feels like a lot of grinding. If you like the kind of like collection and that kind of thing, it, it's fine. But then there's going to be Pokemon. And there's a lot of little like, like I said, a lot of little fun things like Super Saiyan 4 Broly, Super Saiyan 4 Bardock. Those are fun. Super Saiyan 4 Bardock. Specifically, if I remember right, Super Saiyan 4 Bardock Zeno, because he apparently is also another time cop. Oh, no. Remember, he's Mass Saiyan, obviously. No, he no. This one is actually a time cop because <laughs> oh, I got wait. to the point where I was talking. My guy was talking to Trunks, and Trunks was like, "Yes, um, my fellow uh, time, my three fellow time patrollers just aren't here." Oh yeah, who are they? Goten, Gohan, and Bardock. <laughs> sure, why not? Okay, all right. So actually, the race that I ended up picking was the female saying because I, <gasps> the way I read it when it was pronounced, when it was like introduced, was like they start slow. And my immediate response to that was. Oh, they start slow, so they Which must means, they must get better. I don't know that that's actually true. I like that male Saiyan and female Saiyan are different races. Like, whereas everything else isn't like because all right, and so they also have like they've got three different like types. They have hero, which I think is stronger defensively, and it's like an, it's like your all rounder. Elite, which does more stamina damage, which is important, and I don't want to go fully into that mechanic because of you know reasons. I kind of understand it, but I'm not great with it and then berserker which is like your full-on damage mode the it's and- your brawly the androids the hero one which is the one you start with is um looks like super 17 from gt okay not, not super super 17 yeah not the good guys yeah the bad guy super bad guy evil yeah. super 17 yeah i'm um, on board the elite version is a female android 19 <laughs> looking thing is she wearing the trucker hat that's important no 19, 19. Which one's 19? The porcelain doll. Oh, that's oh. horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> it was already horrifying. It is still horrifying. And then the berserker is Cell. Those are kind of fun. Like, I, I do understand why. Uh, actually, I kind of understand why they decided to make male saying and female saying different because those are probably going to be the most popular. Although, if I remember right, the description for Namekians was confused with nail. <laughs> Um, and honestly, if you choose one and then decide you don't like it, if you collect the Dragon Balls, you can change it. Yeah, that's how gender change surgery works, right? Yeah. Well, because it's only your character's avatar. So, and you can change. You need the Dragon Balls to change your avatar. You can't just create a new account. <laughs> Trunks would never allow that. And you can, uh, <laughs> you can, no, what's it called? Change between the hero, elite, and berserker whenever you want, once they've been unlocked. I've been using berserker for my character. I was to say, that sounds like the one I'd probably go with, too. It just seems to be working the best. I try and keep my team fairly well balanced when I'm running it, but I'm probably starting to get to the point in the game where I actually start needing to actually learn how most of these things are supposed to work and base them around that. But at the same time, I can't really be asked. So, you know, it is what it is. Anything else, Zach? I played a bunch of Raft with everybody. Yeah, that's actually, I was going to bring that up because I forgot that existed. Charitably speaking, Raft is a very zen game. <laughs> um, Being you know, realistic, I find it boring. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that first night that we played it where I was just on farming duty the entire time, I was pretty high. And, you know, farming was a very zen activity. Well, it's fun, but once you get to the point where you're self-sufficient and it's yeah. no long, you're no longer in danger of either 
uh, thirsting to death or starving to death. That's my problem with almost every crafting game, honestly. It's one of the reasons why I like Seven Days to Die is because even if you do get to like a sustainable point, you only like every seven days it does throw you this immense yeah. challenge. You're and not going to starve to death, but you might still die to zombies. And so. I, I mean, honestly, whenever we were playing that game, I went exploring. I was never just building anything. Yeah, and I was uh, doing a combination of crafting and exploring while Kevin was sitting there just crafting. Like, it was a really good distribution. I didn't play it long, and I didn't enjoy it much, but I did find it to be a great excuse to talk like a pirate yeah, for that a was while. Great. <laughs> but then I got stuck on pirate. It started hurting me voice, and I couldn't <laughs> turn it off. I was honestly trying. But I had just been doing it for so long that I couldn't stop. Did you go to work and talk like a pirate? No, I didn't. Um, I, I turned it off by that. I that was hilarious. Out. I suspect you probably would have liked it more if you got in on the early phase of it. So do I, but it, like playing it, I didn't feel compelled to like, I should start my own raft. Yeah. No, I, That's the feeling I had too. I started my own raft and I already got to the point where it was self-sufficient. It's also an alpha, so we'll see That's how it changes. Yeah, I don't. Honestly, at the at the point we are right now, I don't really want to boot it up again. I would like to play Seven Days again. They've made a lot of changes to it, too. But that one, in part because there just aren't any real Threats? challenges. Yeah. Once you get to self-sustainability, like there's still the shark, but he's not really a challenge. He's more of a nuisance. The single player one that I booted up, I put on hard. And the only difference between hard and the mode we were playing is that if you die, you're just dead. So I think the only person that would have affected is Ed, because I think he's the only person who died. Uh, Yeah, because Kevin didn't technically die because we recovered him before he did. Yep. And so the one thing we have, we, we unlocked on our last playthrough is the ability to get to large islands, so now we can tame animals. It's without a challenge in the base gameplay loop. You get to the point where literally you're not doing anything, especially because well, we had so many nets. We were just collecting stuff as we went along anyway. The, the hook, which is an interesting mechanic for retrieving equipment, kind of becomes useless at that point. Yep. Which is fine. I'm okay with that. Honestly, it's missing out on my favorite part of any seafaring game, and that's exploration. You don't know where you're going. You just stumble on things. And well, that's because they're procedurally generated. Things generate in front of you. They're not really... Like, stuff doesn't exist until you can see it. You can do that, though. There's this game, Salt. I think I mentioned it forever ago. It's been a while since I picked it up because they needed to add some stuff, and I just haven't gone back into it. Where you quasi make your own pirate ship. It's not as super in-depth but you can make your own pirate ship and you explore a bunch of islands but there's like random lore hidden around and once you find an item it actually like sticks the island in or sticks the thing that it's referencing into the world even though the rest of it is procedurally generated so it's random where it's gonna be but once you find the thing that references it it exists and you can go out and try to find it like it's a really interesting way of doing it but that game i think hits the mark between crafting and exploration pretty well in a way that this game just kind of doesn't. Yeah, I mean, it's it's there's nothing really that makes it really bad. If you like that kind of game and you just want something to kick back and relax with, it's fine. Personally, I'd rather play like Harvest Moon. Yeah, I was going to say, it's definitely got an Animal Crossing vibe, I think, is where it wants to be, and I'm not sure that's my thing. I really like these sorts of things to be brutally difficult. That's one of the reasons why I like Seven Days so much. Especially once they made the change so that we couldn't just build bolts out of um, stones. Once you needed actual iron, it made crossbows less of a world win or a war winner. Yep, I was like, because crossbows are something you always want to have on you, but now they're less so, but still very useful. Well, now it means that, yes, crossbows are something you want to carry with you, but you also always want to carry your bow because you can make arrows 
and you once you get farther on, carrying a gun is always useful, but not shouldn't be your first resort. That's the last resort, but still useful to carry. So that was a lot of fun. I did get an opportunity to play a couple of board games with friends. Yeah. And we got to play my board game that cost me what a game console costs. <laughs> Kickstarter decided to remind me for some reason how much I paid for that. <laughs> I'd like to let Jeremy oh. uh, start off on that one because it's his board game. Yeah, we played Gotham City Chronicles, which by the time this is coming out, the Kickstarter for the second printing should be live. So if it sounds like something you want to look into and you have a lot of money to drop on a Batman board game, you can. And we'll put the link in the show notes if it started. It's June 4th. I think this episode will be out. Yeah, this should be out yeah, by then. Yeah, it should be out by then. Anyway, it's a kind of an energy-based game. It's a one versus many where up to three people play various heroes from the Batman world and the last one plays all the villains. And there are a number of scenarios. The base game comes with 23 and I also got four expansions that come with more. The heroes, it's basically an energy management game for them. You get energy cubes and you can perform any number of actions you want, as long as you have energy cubes. And it's a very objective base. A lot of times you have to disarm bombs or hack computers or investigate people to hack computers before <laughs> the villains can hack the computers themselves or set off the bombs. It's pretty fun. It's got a lot of characters, a lot of different gadgets you can take. So there's a lot of replayability even within the scenarios. Yeah, it actually sounds pretty good just based on Our, the description. Uh, very first game we played, which we played wrong, was it's a complicated um, bargain. The rulebook is a goddamn mess. Uh, they put up how to learn videos, but they were not very good. So they had a YouTube board gaming channel make new, better how to play videos that actually I think are pretty good. But those were not out until after we played. Um, so our first game was Batman, Catwoman, and Nightwing. I was trying to think, well, there's two different Catwomans, and I was trying to think of how to differentiate Classic. them. Classic. I guess traditional? Traditional. Current, current modern cat, like regular ass Catwoman. Regular Catwoman and Nightwing against Bane, and Batman beat the everything <laughs> out of Bane. To be fair, after Bane beat the crap out of Catwoman, because she kept disarming his bombs. But yeah, you did one hit Bane, and I was sad. Although I think... One of the funniest ones we had, because we've played four games of this, and the heroes have won two of them, and the villains have won two of them, was when Kevin played Harvey Bullock, which is a, a cop who gets a bunch of cop minions, and just rolled in with his, <laughs> uh, with his squad, his hit squad of dudes, teamed up with Red Hood. <laughs> there was a lot of murder that map. I do really want someone to play Gordon because he gets two squads of cops. Well, he gets a squad of SWAT and a squad of cops. <laughs> I kind of want to play the one that includes all three cops. <laughs> there, there's one that includes all three cops. And so Gordon gets the squad of elite guys like SWAT officers and then henchmooks. Hench Harvey, mooks. which gets henchmooks. And then Renee Montoya, who is also another cop, who gets a bunch of henchmooks. So it's like, all right. Victory by numbers. We're going to overwhelm you. Villains are supposed to have the more people. We have more than you. So it's it's interesting. I, I think my biggest problem looking through all the scenarios in there is that uh, Bat Cow is only in one of them. Bat Cow? Bat, Bat Cow. I'm not familiar with this character. Why? Uh, well, you see, there was a slaughterhouse run by Talia al Ghul. And okay, that, that tracks. Batman and Robin broke it up. Damian Wayne and Robin and... Damien found a cow that had been like branded such that he had a bat logo across his eyes. And he's like, that's mine now. <laughs> he took it back to the bat cave. Well, I mean, Superman had his uh, collection of super animals, so they needed a they needed a bat animal. So they have bat cow. Except the super animals have actual superpowers for reasons. Uh, bat, bat cow, cow can has provide Batman. milk. 
and Bat Cow has all of Batman's resources. A butler to milk it regularly? Alfred is in one of the expansions. I feel like definitely he has to be. Also, isn't Alfred like a trained assassin or something? That depends on the continuity. Typically, he was a field medic. Field medic. Sometimes okay. he was a spy. They're making an Alfred TV show because they just love making TV shows about Batman. They don't have Batman in them. It is definitely a fun game. I, I enjoyed playing it. It's hard, and I definitely feel like... That's the panel. The yep. um, heroes... or the, Actually, I feel like the villains have the advantage to start with. But once the heroes actually kind of understand what they need to do to win the scenarios, they have the advantage. I think it's more that the villains have a lot of more room for error. So the first time you play any scenario, they have a pretty big advantage. Because if they mess up one or two times, it's pretty it's easy to It's not as big a deal. Whereas if the heroes make one or two big mistakes, especially I think in the missions where there are only two heroes, since those are most of what we played, I think if you have a third hero, that actually brings up a lot more room for error. And that way you can have one person who just murders, one person who just goes after objectives, and one who kind of does both. Our first game, we had one player playing Team Slayer, another player who was actually playing the objective, and one that was just running around getting the ever-living crap kicked out of them. That one had counterattack, though, so... Which one do you think I was? He was Batman. I was playing Team Slayer. Hey, look, my thugs could not activate bombs if they were knocked out. And I didn't understand how bringing them back worked because it was the first time we were playing. So, And you also didn't realize that you could only activate two groups of thugs at a time. And so we're activating your entire army every turn. <laughs> I only five guys. I only recovered five cubes per turn. <laughs> there's a lot of them. Like, I, there's, a, there's a bunch of people in there that I've never heard of, but I'm also not a Batman fan. Like, I don't know who Bluebird is. I don't know who Duke is. They were both created by Scott Snyder. I think most of the characters you don't know who they are were probably created by Scott Snyder. Maybe. I'm only passingly familiar with some of the other ones. Like, Actually, I'm only familiar with Orphan because you told me about them. Spoiler's kind of the same way. I mean, Spoiler. Oh, that's right. You've told me about Spoiler. Yeah. Created in the 90s. Finally got her catchphrase of Spoiler Alert in the Year of Our Lord 2016. What was her deal before why is she called spoiler because her dad is the clue master who's basically just a shitty riddler and she was going through teenage rebellion basically and was really embarrassed her dad was a <laughs> super villain so she would just <laughs> give robin all the answers to all of his riddles oh so that's why she became that's why she's spoiler <laughs> yes is her in the current continuity is her dad still a crappy super villain? i believe he is a dead crappy super villain but yes and th but she's still a hero yes there well, that's great. <laughs> who was it? There was one character that I was actually kind of surprised they didn't include. Was it Tim Drake Robin? Or Tim Drake was Robin it, um, isn't there. Jason Todd Robin. No, it, was, it was Jason Todd Robin. I was I was wondering why they didn't include. Because he's Red Hood. He just has a minigun and he just shoots people. His mini, he, like the miniature for him, he just has a minigun. <laughs> and mo most of the characters in there have a, a ability on their thing that means they can't carry lethal weapons. So like they can't carry a revolver or something. That makes sense. Red Hood is not one of them. Yeah, that also makes sense. That, while Harvey Bullock had his goon squad killing everyone, the Red Hood was dual-wielding batarangs and a revolver. <laughs> <laughs> it worked. Harvey blew a hole in the uh, teller window to get where he needed to go at one point. And poor Deathstroke could not hack a computer to save his life. <laughs> Literally. And then he got, the, he got his uh, face blown off by Red Hood. Uh, With the revolver? With the revolver. In the conservatory? In the bank vault. In the bank vault. Well, actually, it was just in front of the bank vault, but... Yeah, I mean, the boards are really cool looking. The actual, like, boxes look really, really nice. They would have to do this game based on a uh, Kickstarter runs because that this is there's no way in hell this could be a shelf game. And it the is, core set is two boxes still. So. It is too big to be a shelf game. 
that you just could pull off a shelf at a store and be like, oh, yeah, because you'd have to have them both bound together and that would take up a lot of space. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like there were some places I could do it, but not many. So what have you been playing, Tyler? That's a good question. I was trying to, th- I feel like I had played an interesting board game recently and I can't, I don't think this is true, but I want it to have been true. I did play Unlock, which is an escape room styled game. It's actually more like a point and click adventure game, but it's a card game, but it's got like a companion app. So you have to take clues off of cards and convert them to numbers and enter it into the companion app. And that's how you progress. It was interesting. In order to complete it, you needed to do it in an hour. And like, I felt like we were just zooming through that. We got stuck on one thing for like eight minutes, but I felt like we were making pretty good time. It We went like 40 minutes over the hour mark. Um, I don't know. We also got the hardest possible one at first because we're like, eh, we do a lot of escape rooms and puzzle stuff. This should be easy. Um, apparently, they accounted for the fact that people do that. People who uh, would be interested in that game probably do a lot of those kind of things in real life anyway. Yeah, or, you know, other games that have similar problem-solving mechanics. It was actually pretty good. It's $15. You can really only do it once. Um, At that point, I would say then you can donate it to someone or just give it to someone else you know who might want to play it. It's got that same problem that a lot of escape rooms have where you can only do it once. But they make, like, 30 of them, I think, and they're, like, like, they're a reasonable price for the amount of entertainment you get out of them, I think. Speaking of Zen games that are not Raft, though... I have had this game sitting in my Steam library forever, and I had no idea what it was. I picked it up in some random humble bundle and just kind of ignored it because it wasn't the one I got the bundle for, called Tokyo 42. And I haven't played a huge amount of this game, but it is a mostly, like, it's isometric, but only barely. It's mostly top-down. Open-world assassin game? If that makes any sense, like you're a hitman, basically, and everyone has paranoia style resurrection ships. So you're just paid to go kill people and then they'll just, you know, come back to life later. And you just wander around picking up random contracts and like killing people and picking up random. Like it plays like an old style flash game almost with like the ridiculous number of weapons you can have. It's just really satisfying. Like the music's just like really calm all the time and you just like wander around shooting people in the head and like laying elaborate traps for people. I don't know. It's definitely interesting. I think it's also $2. So if that sounds like a thing that's up your alley, maybe go check that out. I'm trying to think if there's anything else interesting I have done. Mostly I've just been playing an endless slew of roguelikes. Still? Still, yeah, I just, man, I have had a hard time getting into anything. My problem is like every time I have time to play a game, I'm like... But that's investment, and I should go to bed soon. That's my life. I keep trying to start video games, and I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I like... But I could play the Ruby deck building game and hate my life afterwards. <laughs> I go through cycles where I just don't have the energy. Like, it seems weird, but I don't have the energy to play a video game. I absolutely understand that problem. Yeah. Um, I don't... I mean, th- this happens, like, once every year or so, I feel. I just have, like, a couple months where I just can't... I feel like it's most of my life. <laughs> I want to play video games, but I de- I just don't have it in me. That is fair. I'm trying. I feel like I have done something mildly interesting recently, and I can't for the life of me remember what the heck it was. What did I do last weekend? Why the hell are you asking me? I don't know. You played the raft with us. Yeah. No. Well, that was like this week, right? That wasn't over it was the weekend. Sunday. Was it we Sunday? We played some ultimate chicken horse before Jeremy got home. We discovered uh, that dance party is the worst level ever. Oh no! I actually did not find it that bad. I hated that level. 
I mean, I agree it's probably the weakest level, but it's um so its thing, if you haven't seen it, is that it's got like rave lights, so it creates random pockets of, of darkness and everything is just a silhouette, so you can't see colors on anything. And then also the pattern of darkness changes randomly as you're going through it, which is kind of a pain in the ass. I can see why people don't like it. I didn't have that much of a problem with it, but I also don't look at details in platformers. I can like I kind of unfocus my eyes, so I don't think I had a problem with keeping track of stuff. No, Ultimate Chicken Horse is fun. I like that game. It's not an everyday game, but it's a sometimes game. What the hell have I been playing, guys? Ask Jeremy what he's yeah, been Jeremy, playing. Yeah, Jeremy, what have you been playing? And then I'll remember it in five minutes and interrupt you. So I played Devil May Cry 5. Again? No, I've never played 5. Oh. I did. It's a pretty good game. Uh, like a lot of games that I like but don't love, it's kind of hard to think of anything except the stuff I don't like. So do take it that I did like this game because that's true. It kind of reminded me of Final Fantasy 15 and Metal Gear Solid 5. Not to the same extent because it didn't feel like the game ran out of budget and barely got across the finish line on an empty take of gas. But it did kind of feel like they pitched a 30 or 40 level game and got a budget for 20. And we're like, okay, so we're going to have to skip all of character point C for all the characters. We're going to get A and B and they're going to end up at D. And C, that happened during the credits. Don't worry about that. Yeah, it does kind of have an abrupt jump in there as things ratchet up and you're like, um... I feel like we missed a point in the rising action here somewhere. <laughs> yeah, the ending does feel like a climax, but it feels more like a act two climax, and then we're going to go into the final bit, especially because Nero, who's basically the main character of that game, gets a pretty big power upgrade that's both mechanical and story, and you get one level, which is a weird boss, to play with it. Uh, ah. Although if you play if the game again, you get to play with it throughout the entire game. But again, it feels like it was like designed with, and then you'll go through the end a, a part second of this game. part of the game with this massive power up. But and then they're like, "Oh, we don't have the money to do that." But we already designed all this, so let's just make the players able to use it throughout the rest of the game. The three characters feel mostly distinct. There are their combos all feel kind of the same, and that's too bad. But they do all have advanced mechanics that work pretty differently, and so they all do pretty play pretty differently but i feel like they do a really bad job of balancing how much you play each character like the first part of the game is mostly nero and the like before the last level that's the final boss the like four or five levels before that are dante huh and so like you play kind of a bit of too much of both of them in a row and v is just kind of scattered in there there's only i think two levels where you have to play v and then two where you have the choice to it might be three where you have to uh there are i think four but it's there's not very many of them where you are forced to play him which i mean i was okay with because i didn't really like playing v in the first place but and the story isn't bad especially like in the sense of oh this takes the devil may cry status quo in an interesting direction but it's told really weirdly and it's not a good like motivator to pull you through the levels and the level design is really bad in the sense of the first part of the game is in city and the rest of the game is in demon <laughs> and the, the uh, scenery doesn't really change. I guess the very end is in Demon in like the grassy, fieldy, mountainy part of Demon instead of the fleshy, demony bit. But that's mostly boss fight by then. So, and they've completely divorced themselves from the Resident Evil puzzle solving being in a space element. They're just like hallways connecting rooms for you to fight demons in. Aww. And to be fair, the demon fighting is good, but 
it could definitely use something to break it up, especially because of how monotonous the scenery gets. Um, that said, I seem to remember at the end of the day, you liked it fairly well, right? Oh, yeah, I definitely yeah. liked it, although the uh, Jeremy didn't touch on the most uh, outlandish and unbelievable part of the game. Oh, yeah. Demon hunters and demons and all and all that kind of stuff. And it's weird because they do abandon it like halfway through the game, but not at a point where they've already established this can happen anywhere. And so it doesn't feel like it would be ridiculous to keep doing it, which is before every boss, you find a payphone to call your uh, van to buy upgrades from. <laughs> I know. like, And there's this big dramatic cutscene and entrance from the van. And it's like, I'm not entirely sure that's possible. Who has a payphone still sitting around? <laughs> I really liked the game. And also, like, this is a, I don't want to say a minor quibble, but watching the trailers for it, it really made me feel like I was a teenager again and like had that cool, oh, yeah, Dante's awesome. Yeah, those trailers were pretty rad. But playing the game, it also, like, the trailers didn't have this, but the game also had that, oh, yeah, teenagers are dumb and kind of sexist. Like, (laughs) this is kind of, like, immature and not, not great. In particular, the fact that Nero's girlfriend, Kyrie, uh, appears three times, never on screen. Her first and longest appearance, she is immediately left of the camera in the kitchen. <laughs> I didn't know he had a girlfriend. Uh, Lady and Trish are there mostly to be naked. Yeah, yeah. Lady has a weirdly flirty personality, which I don't think is necessarily bad or wrong, but not how I remember her. Probably because the other time we were with her, she was trying to murder her dad. Yeah. And it's probably hard to be flirty when you're trying to murder your dad, but it still seemed weird. Weird little thing about that particular deal. There was a day one update for the PlayStation 4 that added the bloom effects to, to censor Lady and Trish. Oh, they weren't in there? Huh. They weren't. They're not in there on the Xbox One or the PC. Huh. Weird. I, I know. It's it's very... Well, Sony has done very much backlashed on that because I, of the whole... I, I think it was because of the whole, like... Uh, me Too movement, I think, is what people were attributing it to. I mean, I kind of prefer the bloom effects. It feels a little less gratuitous with those. That said, only a little less. <laughs> I, I, it was just a fun little aside that I learned, and I was I was like, why? I also thought Lady and Trish were playable, and they're not. And that's, oh. I was hoping they would be, and there seems to be a lot less in the way of like actual unlockables in this. Yeah, just Nero's arm, spoiler. Well, there's also a couple of like costumes and stuff that you can unlock for completing the game in certain ways. But I like I looked at it; they're not very, they're not like interesting. They're like different colors. They're like not enough to make you want to go and do it. Yeah, it's not like playing Nier was a mime or something. I've been playing a fair amount of the what the hell? I don't know the DLC for Resident Evil Two that are just like the challenge runs. And they have a lot of really interesting unlockables in those that make you really want to go do it again, especially since each of them only takes like 20 minutes. And a lot of the older Devil May Cry's have those too, although a lot of times those are just in the special editions. And I would honestly like to see a special edition of this. Maybe add some of those like character beats at the end I was talking about. Maybe make Virgil a playable character. Like, do you mind if I spoil the end of this game? Nah, go for it. Uh, So the plot of this game is that Virgil got tired of losing to Dante, so he... Ripped off Nero's arm, which was his old sword. Okay. And stabbed himself with it, which separated his human half from his demon half. Okay. So V is his human half. Okay. Who hires Dante and Nero to beat up Virgil's demon half so he can fuse back with it. He's like, oh man, being a human sucks. (laughs) And then Virgil and Dante are like, okay, we must finally have our fight to the death now. But Dante before that is like, no, Nero, you can't kill him. He's your father. (laughs) (laughs) 
So Nero's like, no, dad and uncle I didn't know I had. I have a family now. I can't let you murder each other. <laughs> so he gets superpowers because he's the only character throughout that that doesn't have devil trigger. Until he does. And bitch slaps Dante to the, with the amount of force that nearly kills him. According to Dante. It's one of my favorite lines. Is that Say whatever you want. That bitch slap nearly killed me. Also, then Dante and Virgil become friend brothers because Nero stopped them and decided to go into the portal to hell to close it together. And then apparently spend eternity trying to kill each other again? Yeah, well, it's much more playful, though. Like, because the last scene is them fighting and then Dante's like, like oh, it's one zero. And, and Virgil's like, where the fuck did you learn to count? And it's <laughs> one apiece. And then a whole bunch of demons show up and uh, Dante's like, oh boy. And Virgil goes, don't you dare say it. And the last line is jackpot. <laughs> so now they're just cool brothers when, because Nero stopped them from killing each other, which again is cool in that a cool place for the canon to be, but it's, it's weirdly it's weird how they got there. It does feel like we missed a step in there somewhere. It definitely feels like you were supposed to play as Dante and Virgil in hell for a little bit. And maybe Nero demon hunting in his devil hunter van. I could definitely see this, like, a sequel being, like, Nero going to get, get Dante and Virgil. Speaking of bonker thing, bon- bonker things? Bonkers things, such as having a payphone in the middle of nowhere to summon a van, is No More Heroes 3 out yet? Not yet. Okay. It's not really No More Heroes 3, from what I've heard. I mean, it's the third No More Heroes game, I guess. I don't, I don't really care if it's canonical. I just want more of that sweet stylistic decapitation. Yeah, I mean, it's like a top-down arcade game. What? Did you not know that? No. If I knew that, would I have incredulously asked, what? Yeah, the next the next No More Heroes game, or at least the one that they're releasing on the Switch, they're, unless they're making another one, is like this weird top-down, like, retro-looking thing. I mean, okay, sure. I think it's called, like, Travis Struggle or something like that. I never did finish two. I think it's probably time to go try that again, but... He gets, like, sucked into a video game console or something that sounds like a suda 51 game yeah i was gonna say it sounds super suda 51 but you know it actually apparently came out in january i think i'm trying to find out there are no images of this it's all just promotional art i guess i think yahtzee did a review of it yeah i just wanted to i don't know whatever i just wanted to find some like images of it or did it get announced in january I don't know anymore. Okay, whatever. We, we can move on. Oh, okay. It looks like a lot like Hotline Miami. Okay. So speaking of retro-style <laughs> games, we played Tetris and Dr. Mario. I really don't know what to say about Tetris. You can do T-spins. <laughs> Is there anyone, anyone out there who hasn't played Tetris Probably. or at least knows of tet like knows the general thing i mean the worst thing about phone games is people paid so much money on microtransactions we'll never just have tetris on our phones (laughs) when it's the perfectest phone game they proved that when they launched it with the game boy the first smartphone nonsense nonsense you can microtransaction tetris i know and it would be awful 99 (laughs) cents for the uh straight line what the heck was i gonna say per rotation so maybe we should have played tetris 99 as the Tetris game. I did, actually, because I've played so much Tetris. That was the only one. Uh, it wasn't the only one, but I hadn't played it yet. I had downloaded it, and it was as easy as going to freetetris.com. <laughs> uh, how, how is Tetris 99? I have fine. Not it's I mean, fine. It's oddly high stress. Like It's more high stress than regular Tetris, and I don't super like that, but it's over quick, which is nice. 
Tetris is a is a fun game in my opinion. It's simple. Like everybody pretty much knows how it plays. You drop blocks, you try and get them all the way across the screen and knock them out before you get to the top of the screen. You can rotate them and then rotate you can drop them. them faster. It's fun. It's Tetris. It's, there's not a whole lot to say about Tetris. It's got that cool song that everyone knows that's like a chip tune to some do, Russian do, folk do, dance. Do, 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 do. I think in the game Game Boy card, it was actually the track B, not track A. I was going to say, little known fact, I think, if I'm remembering this correctly, Tetris is actually developed by some random Russian guy as like a hobby project. Yeah, and then the communist government was like, we can sell this? How does that work? And so some weird, I don't know the full history. I should have looked it up, so I had something to say about Tetris. But they ended up licensing it to some British company, but that was only the PC rights. Then Atari got the console rights, and some American guy who wanted to impress Nintendo secured the handheld rights for them, and Atari was pissed because they assumed console would include that. And <laughs> I'm sure I got all the details wrong there, but that's yeah. the history of Tetris's rights. Also, the name of the song is... It was recent that, uh, if I remember right, it was pretty recent that that guy actually got any royalties slash the rights back to Tetris. Yeah, because he made it when Russia was a communist state, so he... There was no concept of having software rights there. It's Koro Beniki is the name of the song. I mean, it's Tetris. It's simple. It's easy to play. It's fun to play. I find it fun to pick up and play. It's ubiquitous. Yeah, it's honestly, it has aged really well. It's simple but compelling. Like, I never want to play it for more than about maybe a half hour. But, like... We don't need any, like, long instruction manual to understand how to play it. Exactly. It's simple enough that you immediately see what's going on, especially on any demo screen if one's still going. And, yeah, it's fun. It's a fun game. Um, apparently the guy who invented it is Alexei Pajidnov. That sounds like a Russian. It's that sounds a- like someone Iron Man would fight. That actually um, sounds like a really, really badly butchered Russian name. At the time, he was working as an artificial intelligence researcher for the Soviet Union. So he just made it as a hobby project because he was bored of doing machine learning, I guess, uh, which is actually very common. So Dr. Mario is definitely a take on Tetris. I think it's fairly fair to say we wouldn't have it without Tetris. I mean, Falling Block became not only its own genre, but for a while synonymous with the term puzzle game, which is kind of weird. Yeah, I was going to say Yoshi's Cookie was one of those. Um, Puzzle Fighter, arguably. Yeah, definitely Puzzle Fighter. I think maybe even Bejeweled. Kind of, it's not a following puzzle game, but I think even it well, is kind of... Well, Bejeweled a, obviously evolved from Columns. Have we played that for the podcast? Yeah, if I remember so. correctly, there was also a Puzzle Combat in one of the Mortal Kombat games. Yeah. And Puyo Puyo, also probably one of the, maybe the best example of a game that's like Tetris but isn't Tetris. I don't know. There was a lot of them, obviously. So Dr. Mario is different in that it's kind of like Tetris Mode B in that you start with obstacles on the screen that you need to clear rather than it being endless. The main gimmick there is because it was made for the NES, which had color, in contrast to the Game Boy, where Tetris was a huge seller that did not. They decided to make color the main attribute. So there are three different colors, red, blue, and yellow, and there are viruses on the screen, and you need to line up four blocks of the correct color to take out a virus. But it's always the exact same pattern. So every level is essentially a solvable puzzle. Except that it seems like it's so fast, I guess, and so inconsequential, you probably won't realize it's a pattern until you played it a couple I times. I was just like, when we, when it, it took me a little while to figure out what it was, because I thought you had to, like, I thought it was four things in general to remove them, but ah. it's four in a row. Yeah. I don't know. I like the two-player mode of this, because it's uh, you get the exact same set of blocks, 
and it's basically whoever can drop and manage them fast enough. This is a pretty simple game. It's got that sweet Dr. Mario tune. Like Tetris, you get to see what your next capsule is going to be so you can plan ahead, which is a very nice feature of these games that I think is often overlooked. But because there are only three colors, so you only have like six uh, combinations of block, either two of the same color or one of two colors, it gets pretty boring. And unlike Tetris, where if you're like stacking up a whole lot of pieces, you have the chance of going for a Tetris. If you're getting the wrong pieces, you're just kind of putting them over where they're going to do the least damage. Yep. Which, to be fair, I do kind of do in Tetris sometimes. Well, Um, I mean, sometimes you have to in Tetris, but like Jeremy said... You can try and set things up in such a fashion that you can get one of those big Tetris shots. And because they have shapes in Tetris, there's a lot more adapting. There's a lot more, hey, where am I going to put this? I was actually going to say, I think one of the reasons Dr. Mario suffers, especially in comparison, is that all the shapes are the same. If there was some sort of shape-color combo thing, I think it would have fared a bit better over time. But I got super bored after like five minutes with Dr. Mario, if I'm honest. I mean... I kept playing it when I needed to stay awake for something, which I had to do a lot of this week. And so a lot of times it was kind of lulling me to sleep. But I think that was more my state of mind than actually the game. I think it's pretty decent, although it's not as exciting as Tetris. But if you're a huge Tetris fan, I think this is a pretty good take on the formula. It's better than a lot of others. It's better than a really bad Tetris port, even. That doesn't get the physics right. Okay, if they don't get the physics right, then that's entirely (laughs) different. But I would rather just play free Tetris again. Yep. And it's everywhere because it's really easy to implement. It's like a beginner's programming project for, like, a lot of people. To program a Tetris clone? Yep. I did Snake as my first game, but... So speaking of our first games, we have a list on our (laughs) website, www.lastpodcast.com, listing all the games we've played from best to worst. At the top is Chrono Trigger, which has no puzzles in it. Not really. At the bottom is City Connection. It's an enigma. (laughs) And straight in the middle is Harvest Moon. Which is a nice, relaxing time. Also, not really any puzzles, though. I don't want to rank Tetris. I almost want Tetris to just be an asterisk that just says it's Tetris. (laughs) But that is cheating, and we can't do that. I mean, we have Pac-Man on the list. We sure do. I mean, I feel like we should start by establishing a ceiling. I don't think it's as good as Super Mario Brothers. Can we agree on that? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think it is better than Pac-Man. That was actually what I was going to go to, because that's a similar game. That's like It's a one-screen game. Uh, It's better the more you master it i mean i feel like donkey kong ended up above pac-man no it's below it is it yeah Mm. Mm. i can see that i'm a little surprised but i could see that yeah i literally just scrolled through the whole list there's nothing between those two games (laughs) yeah like that um well pick another game that you think it should not be better than that is below super mario brothers and then we can this is just another nintendo one but do we think it's better than the original legend of zelda no yeah, I think I. I'd probably rather more influential. I'd probably rather, rather play, Tetris, play Tetris, but I don't know that I would say Tetris is actually a better game than the original Legend of Zelda. I think I agree, and a little bit below that we have Street Fighter Two, which I think is almost weirdly comparable. I would still rather play Tetris. <laughs> I, I think we can put it below Street Fighter Two. It's I, it's getting fuzzier for me. In some circumstances, simplicity is good. Not too far below Street Fighter Two, we have X Men for Arcade. And I think it's probably better than that, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of in the middle, we have the original Devil May Cry. Huh. I think I prefer Tetris. I think so, too. <laughs> I think Devil May Cry is actually a better game. You'd, I now severely regret choosing this game ever for this podcast because... There's <laughs> a reason I didn't. <laughs> Where do you put Tetris on a list? I was kind of thinking in the middle or 
uh, in the I think it goes higher than the middle. I, I definitely well, that's because our list is weirdly back heavy. I think it's better than Devil May Cry. I think I'm going to lock that in as my final answer. <laughs> I think I agree in that direction. So the final question becomes, is it better or worse than <laughs> Kirby Superstar, the best Kirby game? I, Even I though I don't it, think it's the best on our list. I'd still rather play Tetris. Oh, I, in that one, I'd rather play Tetris. Um, I would much rather play Kirby. I think I... I Do you agree I with th- Zach? I think Tetris is better than Kirby. <laughs> so Tetris goes at number 68. It was almost nice. Oh, uh, what a world. Above Kirby Superstar and below Street Fighter 2. So we're in agreement Dr. Mario is not as good? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Is it worse than Pac-Man? Yeah, I think so, yes. I would agree. I don't know that it's a lot worse than Pac-Man, but... Is it worse than Galaga? Yes. Yeah, slightly. Is it worse than Bubble Bobble? Yes. I think so. Which one is that? Uh, oh, the little, like the little dinosaur. Right, right. I don't remember what it is. Also kind of a puzzle platformer. Yes. Where's Solomon's Key? Uh, we're getting there. Okay. I was going to say, because I think I like Solomon's Key more. But... Really? Okay. Is it better than Mario Brothers? No. Uh, no, definitely not. I had a lot of fun with Mario Brothers. I do like Mario Brothers. I was playing Mario 3 with someone the other day, and we accidentally got into the uh, Mario Brothers mode on it. So, Is it better than Solomon's Key? I actually think so. I prefer Solomon's Key, but I think I like that game by far the best I of think any I of us. Jeremy. So. Is it better than Harvest Moon, our dead center of the list, Tyler? Or should we not do that one because Zach didn't play it? Um, I actually don't think it's better than Harvest Moon. Neither um, do I. And uh, that means we can slot it in at number 137, above <laughs> Solomon's Key, and below Harvest Moon. Dr. Mario might be the new middle of the list. <laughs> um, I'm okay with that. Dr. Mario is a very middle game. <laughs> okay. That does it. <laughs> that was a thing. I'm sorry. I, I erred greatly. I shall... Do the make, honorable thing? Yeah, I will make some sort of penance at some point, I swear. <laughs> that was a terrible choice. What are we playing next week, Jeremy? Uh, well, since the last two have been uh, not my favorite games, I thought we should play something with substance. And I've been meaning to call this since Devil May Cry 5 came out. But since I've finally finished playing Devil May Cry 5... Ocarina of Time. Yes, Ocarina of Time. Let's play Devil May Cry 2. All right. I've never played Devil May Cry 2. Neither so. have I. I do have the package that's got the yeah. first three in it, though. Me either. It has a reputation of being not very good. But my brother said, oh, yeah, it's not bad. It's better than the first one. So I wonder if it was just not what people wanted. Yeah, and that's I would actually, believe that. Or if it's about as good as Devil May Cry and people notice the camera more because it wasn't new and novel. And I, I believe that too. Yeah, I, I've heard basically your brother's opinion on that game. So, so uh, next time on Last Time, you should have been the one to feel my dark soul with two lights! Since Jeremy screwed the pooch so badly on that one, what are we playing next week, Jeremy? Do you do you understand the mistake you just made? Hmm? Would you like me to re-back, replay back the tape?
This has been a Last Podcast production, copyright 2019.